Hello, welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Okay, let me pull up my calendar. What was your name? Oh, I remember talking to you when you called earlier. About animal rescue, wasn't it? That's right. Okay, did you remember to bring your prescription with you? Thank you. Alright, everything is all set. Your certified conversationalist finished his last appointment and said you could go right in when you got here. Yes. Here, I'll give you your prescription back. He's right through that door there. And he's ready for you. Good morning. Welcome to Conversation Matters. It's so good to see you. You have a res yeah, sure. Do you have a prescription? Oh, good. You showed it to the receptionist because she writes everything down in the log. Don't worry. We keep everything confidential. Let me see what you got. Hmm. Yeah. Pet and animal rescue. Hmm. It's funny you're interested in that. <laughs> Recently, I got a little involved in pet and animal rescue myself. What are you thinking about doing? Volunteering? What do you do? Oh, you haven't started yet? Oh, you started last week? That's cool. No, it's... it's uh, Care and tending to animals is really important to me. I have some pets of my own. What do you like? Are you a cat or a dog person, I guess, is the easiest way to start. Oh, you're a cat person. <laughs> but you love dogs. I love kitty cats, too, but I'm probably a dog person. I'm just not good with cats. I like dogs because they listen to my commands. Stop, sit, roll over. No. <laughs> you tell a cat no, and it just looks at you. So what do you, what exactly are you doing then? You gotta be kidding me. I figured you'd be cleaning cages if you're a volunteer. That's a pretty righteous job. Playing with kitties, getting them acclimated to being with human beings. That's a really cool job. I'm a little concerned though. Your prescription here says you need to discuss it. You have some questions. Some hang-ups? What's the problem? Oh. I see. You lost a pet, and now you feel like... I understand. I really do. You know, it's kind of weird. I lost a pet recently, and there were some strange events that happened around my home. That coincided with my pet dying. Yeah, I had a little tiny dog. She was a cockapoo, almost all white. Well, pretty much white. She was just a little doll baby, just a little teddy bear. And she was 13 years old, and about when she was about 12, it only took about a year, she developed 
an enlarged heart. She was in really good shape. She acted like a puppy literally up to the day she died. And um, she was just a little over 13 years old when that happened. And she was a wonderful, like I said, little dog. And my wife cherished her. Oh, my gosh. It was like losing a child for my wife. It really was. Um, and I don't want to bring anybody down, but seeing the love and the sorrow and the loss that my wife experienced when that dog died, I had a different experience. I I don't want to come across cold or calculating or... Uncaring, I don't know what the right word is. But when I see an animal in pain and agony and you're putting them on medication, you're taking them to the vet, sometimes they recover for a while, but basically it's a downward spiral. And the poor little thing is starting to get more and more in pain every day. And my wife was at work when things went really downhill for poor little Blondie, our cockapoo. And what she couldn't see was the dog was in horrible pain. The vet was closed that morning. It was a Wednesday. And they weren't open till 11. So at 11 I called. And they had a company meeting. All this was verified through the website. I wasn't making this up. It was the worst case scenario and the dog was panting and suffering, and I said, well, look, we're going to wrap her up in a... They, they had some kind of in-company meeting from 11 to 1, and I, I said, oh, my God, this isn't going to wait. Around 11, 11.30, I said, we're, we're taking her down there. We're taking her. This is an emergency. I'll get a towel. You take her outside. Carry her outside. Let her go to the bathroom. I'll get a towel. We'll wrap her up take her to the vet now because th this is, this can't go on she was panting she couldn't rest she couldn't lay down all she could do is sit she'd always obviously had a heart incident and she was in very very dire straits and i said this waiting around for them to finish their company meeting or staff meeting whatever is just not going to work we got to get her down there my daughter took the dog outside and the dog literally walked four steps like Thor fighting the Midgard serpent. She walked four steps as nobly as she could and fell right over. And the pain was over. She was gone. Like that. And if you know Ohio, where I live in Northeast Ohio, it's cloudy a lot of the summer cloudy all year and that day this it was a cloudy day she lay there on the grass i came outside with the towel my daughter was sitting there in a lawn chair that we have for when we let the dogs out to play you can watch them play and she was sitting there watching her little dog and the wind was blowing across her fur it was she was a beautiful little dog curly little white hair she looked like a little angel laying there. She really did. And the clouds in Ohio parted. I am not making this up. I'm not trying to spin this as a supernatural event. But the clouds parted in Ohio. And the sun just burst through. 
and it shined on her fur, and she looked so peaceful. To see somebody in agony, and then to see them lying there in peace. There's something about that. There's a release in that. Death is a release. They're not in pain anymore. And I took comfort in that moment. And I told my daughter, and she wasn't crying. My daughter wasn't crying. She had this dog from 5 to 18. She loved this dog. It was actually her pet, but it ended up becoming my wife's pet. As things go, the dog went right to the boss for the best treats and the best hugs. And I said, are you okay? She's, she's, she's okay. She's not in pain anymore. My daughter said, I know. I know. It's okay. And it was so beautiful. It was a very beautiful moment. And it kind of set my resolve. I see you wiping your own eyes. The tears are genuine. I can see the loss in your eyes, and I, I know you don't want to look at me, but please look at me now. You did the best you could with your pet, and I know when it died, it left a hole in your heart. But there's so much more you can do in the world, and so many more pets you can help. And that's where Animal Rescue comes in. I know you lost a dog. That's why you say you're a cat person. And I know you love that dog. I know she was special. But I also know that that dog was only the first of many pets you're going to have. And sometimes it's, it's good to wait a little bit. Let the pain of loss subside. Enjoy the memory and enjoy thinking and uh, grieving that loved one. And it is a loved one. A pet is like a family member. They really do become like part of your family. People take family photos with their dogs now. And they did in the old days too when photography was new. And they did it because they loved that pet. They love that dog, that cat, that silly little cat. And that dog followed little Billy around everywhere. Couldn't separate him. Looked out for him like a brother. Sometimes a pet doesn't want to go, I, I think, and they, they need us to encourage them to let go. Maybe in our own way, we helped Blondie by taking her outside, helping her finally just let go. Maybe she just didn't want to die in the house. Pets are like that. You never know with a pet. You just, you really don't. But I know animal rescue is very important, and I'm going to tell you why. Not all animals are abandoned pets at pet rescues. Some of them are lost animals through their own means or a mistake the owners made. The pet got loose. 
disappeared. And these animals are wonderful family, loved pets, but they end up in these shelters. This is just one reason why animal rescue is so important. There was a recent incident in Salem, Ohio. You can read about it if you want on the news. You don't need me to tell you about it here. But there was a barbaric, barbaric group of people running a shoddy operation in Salem, Ohio. And they took advantage of these poor animals. And I went down when the Humane Society raided the place and shut it down. I went down to the Humane Society to offer assistance, donation, um, food, toys, and, uh, you know, extra stuff I had, like, you know, collars that didn't fit, uh, old cat collars that didn't fit, anything I could think of they might need. And they were very grateful to have the extra items. And I offered them, you know, food and money and, uh, I also decided to adopt, adopt to own a dog. And I adopted this little, about 50 pound, little shepherd lab, pit bull, mud of some type. She looks like a little tiny German shepherd with short lab fur. And she's all black with a little what? white spot on her chest and if you take her on the sun that black has a red brindle sheen to it she's the most beautiful dog and of course like all dogs you can flip them over and check the under the hood and she had been fixed neutered and she she was neutered when she was there and who came there it wasn't the shelter that did it and they guessed her to be between two and four years old. I think she's younger than that, but I, I can't tell you. And she was just the cutest dog, but she had the most dead eyes I've ever seen in a dog. We were walking her around. We were looking her over, and she had a very bad sore on her leg. Oh, my God. She had been stuck in a cage so long, lying on a wire cage that... The joint on her front leg was completely worn away from the wiring and the rubbing it on the cage. I thought it was scarred over. I have good news. We took her anyway. You know, she was she had some little dings and bumps and boot bruises on her. But I said, I'll take her to the vet. I'll make sure she, everything that she needs, I'll take care of. Spare no expense. <laughs> And believe it or not, she's only been here about two months in that, that horrible sore area on her elbow that all the fur was worn off. has all healed. You can't even see it. It's amazing what love and a soft bed will do for an animal. I get a little emotional about this because it was so ugly what this dog went through. And this wasn't the worst case. But I was, I brought her home. And I want to focus on this because it's very important to me. I, I, I have a couple little stories to tell. And the first one I want to tell is we brought her home and I went in the house a different way than my wife. And I secured the other dogs and I had my wife come in a different door. 
let her go outside, let her go to the bathroom, let her smell the dogs outside, you know, the scents, then come in. Now, like I said, she kind of acted funny in the car, but she was okay. She's a very rambunctious dog, full of life, a real runner, strong, very thin dog, very strong dog. And uh, she acted okay in the car, but jumping around a little bit, but, you know, nervous. And, uh, you know, when you pay that seventy, eighty, hundred dollars for that dog to the Humane Society, you're helping them place these animals and keep it running. Don't forget that. And these dogs have been checked and vetted by veterinarians. This isn't a shoddy operation. They do everything above board, and they sent all the records of this dog to my vet. They even contacted my vet to make sure I was a, you know, a decent owner, which I was. So they do follow up. The Humane Society, at least in Ohio, is a very good organization. And uh, we brought this dog home, and it was, uh, I was inside, and I was sitting in a chair so I could control the situation, and she brought the dog in. Now, when I say she had dead eyes, her eyes looked like a shark's eyes, like dead gray, no color in them. Weird. If you've ever seen a shark, you know what I'm saying. There's, it's like there's nothing there. There's no depth to them. And that was what it was like looking at this dog's eyes. Well, I brought her in, and she immediately reacted very poorly to our pets and they were rambunctious and pets just want to smell each other's bottoms. And the thing is, if you just let them do that, they all settle down. So she absolutely was not interested, was in a complete panic. And I have a bigger dog and he's very strong. He's a, a lab beagle mix and he's just a brute of strength. And he actually can be dangerous. He can hurt, he can hurt a dog. And I wanted to be careful that he didn't hurt this dog because it would just, I wouldn't allow it. And she was so terrified. It looked like they were going to hit each other with their teeth or gnash or something bad was going to happen. So I took my hand over her head and I had her in my right hand, her collar. So I'm holding her very tightly with, by the collar, by the neck. And I took my left hand and I kind of not swung over, I kind of took my left hand over her head to push the other dog away. Now, anybody that knows about dogs, an open hand over the top of a dog's head, it looks like you're going to strike it. It scares them. It's, it's, it's an aggressive move. You always want to come at a dog with your hand up and underneath the dog. And, uh, if you have a hand up over their head, they, they, they jump. They don't like it. I did it not thinking, and I already pushed the dog away. And I looked down at that dog, and that dog was looking right at me, standing, like, you know, sitting between my legs practically, trying to hold her as close to me as I could to keep her from anything bad happening until we could get everybody calmed down. And the terror that I saw in that dog's eyes unbridled raw terror 
that dog looked right in my eyes. You could see right through her. You know, people say you project your emotions onto your pets, but I'm telling you they have fear, they have love, they have hunger, they have humor, they're happy, they're sad. This dog was morally terrified. And I calmed her down and I kept her looking right at me. And she knew she wasn't going to be struck or hit or hurt. I don't know what this dog's been through. But she knew right there that that wasn't going to happen. Again, ever again. And she calmed down. It took about two hours to get everybody calmed down. And you could see the life coming back into that dog's eyes. I swear. On my kids' heads, you could see it. You could see the life coming back in that dog's eyes, little by little, sniffing each other, sniffing the other dogs. Finally, I let her go, and we let her go, got her acclimated, picked up a toy, played a little tug-of-war, played a little catch. She came to life. She made a couple little mistakes in the house, you know, peeing on the floor, which I have, um, if you have a dog, you have tile floors to prevent uh, tough cleanups. And she made a couple little spots in the house, panic, kind of panicky, confused. But we got her in a routine, go outside, go outside. Took her out with the other dogs. I said, I told my wife, you think you got it? Because she was going to be home for, you know, she was home on uh, leave because of the COVID-19 thing, and I had to go to work. So I spent about three hours with her, and I said, I think she's pretty well acclimated. You, you know, I'm going to go to work, and then... I think you can handle it. And my daughter was there to help her. They're great with animals. And we took her outside, and she seemed to be getting the picture. So I wrote back, how's she doing? Any more messes? No. That night, put her in a cage. No mess in the cage. Let her out in the morning. No mess in the house. Cage at night till we got her, you know, acclimated. Got her used to the routine. Dog never messed in the house again. This dog's trained. This dog will sit. This dog will shake. This dog will stay. Stay. Stop. No. This dog listens. This dog sits. This dog's trained. So I called up the Humane Society and I said, Listen, um, we got this dog out of its shell and she's opening up. And if anybody comes in there... There, she might be a lost dog. And if that's the case, I will hand her over to a proper owner. But we have to vet it. We have to make sure that, the, that this is the right situation. But otherwise, you know, we're going to keep her. She's a wonderful, wonderful dog. And she just, she's gorgeous, wonderful, well-trained dog. And, and not hard to take care of. Okay. And they said, well, if somebody turns up, it's funny you say that because somebody did turn up and they told me a story. They said it's all over Facebook. And I said, what's that? Well, remember back when I was talking about these horrid, horrid people that ran this ramshackle um, 
shelter that got shut down by the Humane Society and the government of the state of Ohio and got prosecuted by the state of Ohio. You can read about it in the news if you're interested. I don't feel like dealing with them here. But they're horrid, horrid people. They should be ashamed of themselves. And they got caught. And they need to own up to it. And they need to do what's right to fix it within the community. Because Salem is a nice town. And it's got a lot of good and generous people in it. And they should remember that next time they decide to do something like that. Well, I'm going to tell you a story that there may not be any redemption from. I said it's all over Facebook. She, she said, yes, you've got, to, you've got to see it. It's unbelievable. A family came in because they had saw their pet cat. Another family came in because they saw their pet dog. Now, this would just be a feel-good story. A family saw the pet's pictures posted online by the Humane Society. And they came in and retrieved them. That's a great feel-good story. The true horror of the story is they went to the shelter with photos. And in the case of the dog, photos and a video and asked to go back and see where the animals are kept to look through the dogs for their pet and were told no on several occasions no we don't have your dog no nobody's allowed back there they wouldn't let anybody back there this place was like the Auschwitz of dog kennels not dog kennels dog rescues pet rescues <laughs> disgusting And this family dog, this beautiful baby, this wonderful family pet. And they had two dogs, so not only did the family suffer, but a, a, another dog lost its loved one. They had two dogs together, and this one disappeared. They had that dog in captivity against its will and against the family's wishes until the Humane Society rescued it. And shut them down. For three years. This dog was in prison. Against its will. Literally. For three years. And you can laugh and go. Come on it's a dog. It was a dog stuck in a wire cage. A dog that ran. In a family's fenced in yard. With its friend, its companion dog. This family had children. This family is a gracious, kind family. Middle America. American dream. And their American dream has a horrible tarnish on it. Because somebody couldn't get up off their lazy ass and go back and let them look and find their dog in a stinky, shit-infested, unhealthy environment that they hid from the public for 15 years. The government tried to shut them down twice, and they kept on going, and they punished the community and the families surrounding the community by hoarding and holding 
their pets hostage against their will, against the family's wishes, until finally the state of Ohio walked in with a special prosecutor and put them out of business. And I love my pets. And I sat there on Christmas Eve and put my family dog down when my daughter was six years old. And I stood there and watched that dog lose its last breath. Christmas Eve. She had cancer and she was okay. And then we thought we'd get her through the holidays, let her enjoy treats and snacks, and then we would take her to the vet. And it didn't, it wasn't to be. The cancer took her. And I thought to myself, that was like a family member to, to me. And, and the stories go on and on. How many people have searched high and low, put flyers all over the neighborhood, all over the town for their pet. And you had it the whole time. And your volunteers knew you had that dog the whole time. Every other shelter would let them in and see the pets see the dogs and cats and inspect to see if their dog was there but not this one no because they had something to hide I know people have misgivings about pet rescue about getting a rescue pet even volunteering like yourself but you have no idea the impact you're having on society by helping the least of our society. And I know they're pets. I know they're just dogs and cats. But it's more than that. For every dog and cat you save, every family you educate, you're helping society control and nurture the pet population in a positive way. And you're getting people to understand the ramifications of puppy mills and throwaway pets. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things when it comes to pets. And sometimes you have to make those right decisions when a pet isn't right for you. You have to take it back. There are such things as a bad fit with pets. And people move into housing and apartments where they can't keep the pet anymore. These are all real-life issues that people need to look at down the road when they get a pet. Are they going to be able to, to take care of this pet for the longevity of the animal's life? And there's no harm, no foul when people make the mistake. It's when you make the mistake over and over again. And I hope that's a lesson that the people of this shelter learn, and I hope you learn it too. It's okay to grieve the loss of that dog or cat. When the time is right, get back in there and give it another try. Don't be afraid to share your life and the love you have to offer to a little animal. They didn't ask to be brought into this situation. They didn't ask to be abandoned or left or lost 
So you never know what you're doing and how much impact you're having. You might think it's silly, but it does matter. So don't be afraid to make that decision today. Okay? And I know her name was Smoothie, my dog, the new one. I know Smoothie thanks you. We call her baby now. Because nobody puts baby in the corner ever again. Okay. Thank you for joining me today. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.